one of the reasons they're in that position they are is they're so good at what they were doing. That's right. And they have plenty of confidence in their capability to get it done. And you have to just let go and not try to control it as much. Um, like we'll have big presentations and it's really easy for me to jump up and, you know, take the mic and lead the way. I got to lay back. Let them do it. Let them have some space to grow and lead. And so my leaders are having to do the same thing. Mm. Their teams are all growing. So they've got to give up some of the responsibilities they're so good at and let some other people come along and learn how to do it too. Wow. That's the number one thing I see. Welcome to Executive Minds, the podcast helping you convert your potential into high performance so you can grow your career. Here's your host, Kevin B. Jennings. Welcome to Executive Minds, where we help go-getters like you become difference makers with the guidance you need to convert your potential into high performance so you can grow your career. I'm Kevin B. Jennings, and every episode, you'll get principles, strategies, and tools from experienced and emerging leaders who have maximized their potential, and they've used it to launch ideas, lead teams, build businesses, improve communities, and ultimately make a difference in others' lives. Today, we're going to talk to another founding mentor here, David Farmer the Senior Vice President of Restaurant Experience at Chick-fil-A. If you listened to episode 205, you know David and his team are responsible for the menu as well as the in-restaurant and drive-through experiences at Chick-fil-A. In this episode, we catch up with David, as we did with Shane last week, about what he's been learning over the last 12 to 18 months and get a look behind the scenes into his annual review for 2021. While we didn't set out to discuss any particular theme, one clearly emerged. And it's something we all struggle with. How we, as future-focused, ambitious go-getters, can balance leading for the future while living in the present. Before we jump into David's annual review, I want you to know today's episode is brought to you by the Full Focus Planner. Experience the productivity tool that cuts the noise from your day so you get more done in less time. Here's how it works. The Full Focus Planner's proprietary system ties your most important daily activities to your larger goals helping you end each quarter substantially closer to the vision you have for your future. And as a special gift to listeners of Executive Minds, you're getting a 10% discount site-wide at the Full Focus store. Just visit executiveminds.co forward slash full focus and enter the code execminds at checkout. Again, that's executiveminds.co forward slash full focus and exec Minds, all one word, at checkout. Executive Minds is also brought to you by the Art of Leadership Academy. The Art of Leadership Academy is an online learning community that has the courses, strategies, and insights you need to lead your business or church. 
Growing an organization is no easy task, and the last few years have made it harder than ever. It can take hundreds of hours or thousands of dollars trying to help your organization grow with no guarantee anything will work. It's time to stop guessing at overcoming leadership challenges and start understanding how to overcome them. Enroll and you'll get instant access to a growing library of on-demand courses, monthly live coaching with Carrie Newhoff, monthly staff training, and a premium community with other leaders facing the same challenges and opportunities that you are. Go to artofleadershipacademy.com to sign up today and get a special introductory price through the end of March 2022 when you use the promo code execminds at checkout. That's artofleadershipacademy.com with the code execminds, all one word, at checkout. Well, Future Difference Makers, we are back for the next installment of our annual review series. This is where we are having each member of our team share what they've been learning over the last 12 to 18 months and taking you behind the scenes into their own private annual reviews from 2021. And in this episode, you're going to hear from David Farmer. David is a mentor with a background in growth and innovation, both for small businesses and startups, but also large multi-billion dollar organizations. Uh, He currently serves as the Senior Vice President of Restaurant Experience for Chick-fil-A and previously launched an innovation practice within the organization. He focuses on developing products and customer experiences that fuel sales growth and strengthen the brand. When he's away from work, David enjoys family trips, morning workouts, and feeding his magazine addiction. David has been married to his wife, Mallory, for more than 30 years, and they have three adult children. In this conversation, I ask David to share his private annual review from 2021. And in true David Farmer fashion, it's the perfect balance of principles and practical application. After this quick break, we'll hear David's annual review and learn how we can start balancing leading for the future while living in the present. End the tyranny of the never-ending to-do list by leveraging the best-selling full-focus planner to dial in the work that matters. Based on a science-backed proprietary goal achievement system, this planner flips productivity on its head by focusing you on the few tasks that matter. You'll be using leverage to achieve your biggest goals. So even if you have a laundry list of tasks on your plate, the full focus planner's prioritization system guarantees progress on your goals, even when life gets busy. For a limited time, the listeners of Executive Minds get 10% off site-wide at the Full Focus store. 
when you visit executiveminds.co forward slash full focus and enter code exec minds. Don't let other people's priorities keep you from accomplishing the goals that matter to you. Go to executiveminds.co forward slash full focus and enter exec minds, all one word, at checkout to get the productivity tools that protect your achievement and accomplish what matters. Hey, Go-Getters, I recently announced that Executive Minds joined the Art of Leadership Network. Well, today, I wanted to let you know that I'm going a bit deeper with the Art of Leadership. Kerry and his team have launched the Art of Leadership Academy, an online learning community with the courses, strategies, and insights you need to lead a thriving business or organization. And I'm in the Academy as one of the community leaders. Between qualified experts and peers in the community, the insights, thoughts, and strategies being shared every single day are vital to anyone in a leadership position. Leadership can feel like a mystery, but it doesn't have to remain that way. Go to artofleadershipacademy.com. The moment you sign up, you get access to a growing library of premium on-demand courses, monthly live coaching with best-selling author and leadership expert, Carrie Newhoff, staff training, and a premium community with other leaders facing the same challenges and opportunities you do. Also, Through the end of March 2022, Executive Minds listeners get an introductory price of $297 for individuals and $222 per person with a team plan when you use the promo code ExecMinds at checkout. Again, visit ArtOfLeadershipAcademy.com to learn more and use the code ExecMinds all one word, to get instant access at this special introductory price. Now, on to today's episode. David, first of all, it is such a pleasure to just be with you again. And I am, I mean, those, they can't see you, but you do have an incredibly awesome beard. You are looking wiser and yet more youthful Every time I see you, and I'm actually not even trying to flatter you. I think that's just the honest truth. I wish I could see you. You're handsome. Handsome man. And so, David, thanks for hanging out with me today. I appreciate it. Kevin, I love it. And um, it's a special day. Any day I get to hang out with you. But today really, really is a special day because the listeners may not know this, but we're recording this on your birthday. So happy birthday, Kevin Jennings. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. I see, and I was excited to spend some time on my birthday with you. I knew it would be a great day to invest uh, both in all of the leaders of Executive Minds, but also myself. So thanks for the time. All right. So in today's conversation, I'm doing this as a series with uh, each of you, with you and Shane and Jeff. And that's just an opportunity for us to all learn what you've been learning in real time. Um, we don't want to just take information from you based on something we might need today when we know there's some things we can glean from you that you're gleaning uh, in real time. So here's the first question I have for you. And that is, you have been 
doing what you're doing for 30 plus years. And, and that includes, you know, working in an organization that is growing incredibly quickly for a very long time, or at least changing and evolving quickly for a very long time. And one of the things I most admire is how well you have not just grown alongside it, but often outpaced it so you could make sure you were ready when they needed you to have new capabilities. And I would just love to say, okay, with that being said, when you look at your year as it relates to your personal and professional development, what would you even call that for you? Like the year of what? Yeah. Um, before, before I give you that quick answer, I'll say this. You're talking about 30 years. It's funny. We wear name tags and a lot of times they put years of service on there. I feel like for a while you, you get, you get, you want to keep adding years of service because <laughs> you, you want credibility. I'm at that place now where I don't want it because I'm afraid they're going to think, Oh my gosh, what does he know now? He's not even relevant anymore. You know, he's a dinosaur. <laughs> and I'm, I'm working really hard for that not to be true. You know, making sure that I'm, I'm, I'm at least trying to figure out, can I add even more value now right. than I would have been able to in the past? My word for the year this year, 2022, I'm thinking leverage. Okay, leverage. Okay, now what was your what was your word for twenty twenty one before you share the just for for comparison? Um, I'm going to say being, and I can explain that a little bit more. That that comes that was a word spoken to me by our good friend Daniel Harkavy, and I can explain that if you want. Please, that'd be great. I'd love to hear it. Yeah, in in time with Daniel, who if you don't know Daniel, he leads an organization called Building Champions, based out of Portland, Oregon. Love Daniel. Been doing some coaching with Daniel. Uh, which has been not just good, but really life-changing. He really, really challenged me to think about being and mm. not just doing. And I'm a doer. Man, I got lists. I got plans. <laughs> I'm, I got after-action reviews. I'm on it. And, and that's helpful. Yeah. But you can, you can lose sight of that. And so it was a really healthy challenge for him to think about, uh, for me to think about just who do I want to be? Mm-hmm. And wash that through beliefs, values, and then commitments and figure out, is, is that the way I'm showing up? And let that drive the things I commit to as activities. So anyway, that was last year. I was still carrying that through, but that was the, that was the word last year. Well, first of all, that's helpful. And I think, I think that's what I wanted to start with was what was your word for last year? Well, I'm going to come back to the year for this year for a reason, if you don't mind. Okay. But yeah. Okay. So the last year was about being, and obviously with that being said, was kind of having us, us all having a context of what your focus was last year. We want to take everybody behind the scenes into a debrief for an annual debrief that maybe you've done for yourself. And that is, let's just start by, what were you trying to make happen last year? Like okay, considering the goal of being like, what were a few of your goals? If you don't mind sharing. Yeah. Um, well, let me illustrate it like this. Let's just take something that everybody thinks about at some point in time. Think about your health and well-being. I can have a goal that I commit to. I can have activities that I say I'm going to commit to. And I, I do a lot of that. But if instead I think, well, what is it that I want to be relative to my health and why is that? It gives you more intrinsic commitment to the activity. So the activity has purpose. And so as I did that, I find, I've, like, just think about what you eat, for example. Instead of just saying, uh, I'm not going to eat these things or I'm going to drink 
so much water, whatever it may be. I started thinking, well, if this, if this is who I want to be, then these are the behaviors that need to follow, or I'm just not being honest with myself. Mm -hmm. And I think it's Henry Cloud that talks about integrity is almost like there's no crack. It's whole throughout. And I'm like, I don't want cracks. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to be honest with myself and this is what I want to be, I just need to have my my behaviors, my actions, my attitudes kind of line up around that. So I just tried to wash that through different areas of my life. What kind of husband do I want to be? What kind of father do I want to be? What kind of uh, leader in my job do I want to be? What kind of developer of other people? Well, what would a developer do? What would a leader do? What would a good husband do? Instead of working, that's a little more top down, maybe than I was working bottom up with activities, checklists. Mm. That's probably the fundamental difference because then you get too committed maybe for the wrong reason to specific activities. And that's not the, that's not it. It's what you want to be, not just what you want to do. I couldn't, I, first of all, that's such a powerful insight just to say most of what we're doing from goal setting is top, is bottom up, not top down. So much so I could probably from that for so long. What I'm going to do is buddy, I'll recap my takeaway on that at the end because we have David right now and that is just such a big aha. I know I'm going to come back to it because um, I think it almost you almost illuminated why the last decade was 20, 2010 to 2020 was what it was in my professional career. Hmm. I think many of us, well, I guess I'm going to go here now. The ambitious young professional, and I told Shane this too, I think it's just so true. We almost are like, there's an in, there's a car where someone's put their foot on the gas and you're driving fast. Yeah. But but that little kid who can either either steer the wheel or put their foot on the gas, they can't really reach both. Right? It's like putting a little child behind the wheel. Like I wasn't yeah. steering well. I'm just pushing my foot on the gas. And so sometimes I'm mm. going straightaways and I'm making progress. Sometimes I'm in a, I'm in a, you know, a parking lot doing donuts, you know? It's, yeah. it's, it's, and I think that it's like, but when you're focused on bottom up, what dictates what you decide the bottom is? You yeah. say, well, I see David doing that. I want to do what David's doing. Well, I see that person. I'm going to do what that person's doing. Well, that looks kind of cool. I've always wanted to kind of try that. Like, but none of it's integrated into but where do I want to end up? as far as who I yep. want to be, right? And so you start doing stuff that might be awesome, noble, definitely far from criminal. It's just not integrated. Well, even listening to you say that, Kevin, what you just said, I, I think that's, that is very true. My, I could find myself motivated by external forces and not yes. it, it come from within. Yes. Because when I really stop, slow down, think, pray, who is it that I feel like I'm called to be? And is that coming from within instead of reacting to external pressures or expectations? And then you have to look in the mirror and say, am I being true to that or not? Well, that's my next point. What were some of the, if you can, you know, if you remember, some of the goals, the measurable goals you set against your being goals? So if you don't mind, if you can even remember one or two. Yeah, Um well, I'm going to reference Shane, our good friend, because he said something in a talk a year ago. He he talked about how um, you can – he talked about process, and he said, work the process every day, and the process will reward you. Well, I'm really good at that, and I even set up some kind of tracking sheets just for me to see how I'm doing. 
And so there would be certain activities that I would keep track of, but I don't think I had them attached to the why. And if I can, if I can have permission just to talk about faith for just a moment as, a, as an example. So I knew there were certain spiritual disciplines that I wanted to be true in my life. And so I'm trying to track just to see over the month, how'd I do? Give myself a score, be honest with myself, figure out if I need to kind of make some sort of adjustment as I go into the next month. But it was activity based. But then as I started thinking about, no, who do I want to be as a man of faith? It just kind of changed my perspective. Hmm. And I find that I am into it so much more and have gone deeper than ever before and I do still kind of keep track of well, well, how consistent am I being? Better than ever before. Hmm. Had the same thing happen relative to health. Same thing relative to um, trying to connect with family members. Those are examples because I there's I, I'm the kind of person I got so many things going on. I have to have some sort of way to organize it, or else it just sort of locks me up. The, yep. the, <laughs> the system seizes, so to speak. Yep. But that. And it may not work for everybody, but that simple perspective, which ultimately went back to Daniel's challenge to me to, you know, quit striving so much. Mm. Just focus on who you feel like you're being called to be. Wow. I'm I'm sure many of people listen to this podcast. If you're like me right now, you're like, I thought I was listening to this podcast to help go-getters become difference makers. And Shane and David both just told me to lock in on being goals or rhythms and routines and rituals. And I'm looking at myself saying, these are the sage guys on the mountaintop who were like me. And now once they've gotten there, they said, hey, folks, who you want to be? But I think that's why we have this podcast. We have, we want you to get the wisdom from the people who are playing out the journeys we are, most of us are on right now. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's the point of the, co- that's what this podcast started to be. We didn't, we, we're not here to help reinforce whatever someone has told you to do when we can come back and say, hey, I'm in my 50s. I played this thing out and it might get you money. It might get you opportunities, but there's there's more to enjoy with with a, sh- a small shift in how you go about doing things. And that's mm-hmm. powerful. Um, I, do, I want to ask you, well, you already kind of hit my question. I was going to say, well, how did it go? Like, what went well? And you already said, well, I connected to my why, and I'm it's going deeper and better than ever before. What else went well for you? Having the ability to have more flexibility um, and being forced in some cases to rethink. You talked about routines and rituals just a moment ago. The pandemic, you know, was this disruptive force. And I'm like, I want to fully leverage this. So getting to rethink routines, rethink patterns, rethink schedules, even rethink commitments and relationships in some cases was really, really healthy in light of going through kind of a life planning exercise with Daniel, where you're thinking about who you really, really want to be. And he makes you do this big timeline too, right? So you have to go way back and almost think in decades what was the good, the bad, and the ugly of each decade? And I'm at a place in life where I got to think, well, how many more years do I have to work? And where am I relative to my kids? And so what I want these coming decades to look like, that changes everything. Thanks. Yeah, it's sobering, right? And so that was very helpful for me to re-examine, um, to have permission to break out of, I don't know, I hate to say ruts, but ways of doing things that had not changed in a long time. Yeah, that's great. So 
what did not go well or maybe just didn't go as planned? I would say I felt there's a, at least at work, there was still a lot of stress within the team, Mm -hmm. fatigue within the team. Uh, We, we, we're facing a lot of headwind around staffing, you know, you're starting to, we saw the great resignation and we feel some of that. And so that was hard. So we're learning to listen to that. We're learning to be sensitive to that. We're learning to make space to lean into that and talk about it and and make sure that everybody is staying healthy. Mm -hmm. That was, I wouldn't say it went well, but that was a challenging reality that we had to deal with. Because honestly, we kind of thought we were moving out of the pandemic and then we weren't. Mm-hmm. And then and then it got even harder, right? It's been dragging on for so long. I'm done. I can't, and I'm just over it. Uh, I'm having to juggle too much. Things I used to rely on, they're not there for me anymore. Right. So figuring out how to lead in the midst of that and encourage people, um, give them permission to take care of themselves, that was a new challenge. Or yeah. at least it was more pronounced than ever before. I have two questions for you to follow that. Yep. All right. Well, the, the, the larger question is if you had to experience 2021 all over again, mm-hmm. the only thing you can change is your reaction to responses to everything. What would you do differently, especially in light of your goals? And then I'll ask my second question after that. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to back up just a little bit and go to 2020. When 2020 hit and the pandemic hit, and it was so shockingly different than life is life was different than we'd known it before. One of the things that I did it was it took a long time, but I said I'm going to have a one-on-one virtual meeting with everybody on my team and just check in on them and see how they're doing. And it took me a couple of months to do that, but I went through and spent 30 minutes just kind of connecting with everybody. Uh, seeing how they're doing. I think we thought we were going to get out of this stuff. And so um, we had all kinds of plans. An example would be in Chick-fil-A. We were going to get our dining rooms back open. Right. And we had a plan for that. That didn't happen like we thought it would. We had promised our restaurant operators that we'd give them 90 days to prepare for that. But there was sort of a deadline to kind of get there. And then we had, you know, Delta variant spikes and uh, staffing challenges. And then towards the end of the year, Omicron variant, we had to kind of scrap those plans. And so to your question, I would say, I I didn't know that we were going to have to be as focused on self-care, making sure everybody was doing well. We would have needed to lean in. We would have had to, we thought we were getting out of that. We needed to stay there and go deeper. When you think about what that means, to give your team permission for self-care and to lean in more into caring for them. You know, using that classic David filter practical, like what does that, what does that look like? To like, you know, like what's it like in your world to, to make, is, that, is, it, is it more check? Is it more half hour check-ins that you pulling more of me off your calendar and adding more, more like hangout time on zoom? Is it gifts in the mail? I mean, like just walk me through what you, from what you know, what you'd want that to look like knowing what you know now. Yeah. Well, let me just, first of all, say Chick-fil-A at the highest level did a phenomenal job. Oh, sure. Sure, being, sure, sure. Yes. Of, of being sensitive to that. I mean, they were like, please take 
uh, pay time off days. We'll match you. Take one. We'll give you another one. You know, they challenge leaders. Make sure your people are taking uh, time off. Absolutely. Um, I think it probably just would have been more rhythms around checking in and asking very tactical, practical questions. How are you handling school with kids? How are you handling child care? Uh, do, are, do you find that you, you have a good place to work? Um, how are you managing hours? Do you feel like you have permission to pull away to tend to things at home when you need to? just personal? And I can't do all of that, but working through the team. So sure. let's just have a regular rhythm around checking in, first of all, and then let's just find ways to encourage one another. I heard sort of a definition that encourage, it really means to speak into someone's life such that they have the courage to do something hard. Mm-hmm. So what we've been through has been hard on a lot of dimensions. Are we speaking enough? Are we, are we getting away from just the nuts and bolts of the work we're, we're responsible for to speaking that kind of encouragement into one another's lives so that we're we're in a position to do hard things and we know that when we're not at our absolute best it's okay and people people have our back love that and thank you for that i I think there's somebody listening whose company's definitely not telling them don't you worry we're going to match your time off right and so but i know that you and Shane and, and Jeff and myself, we, we hold ourselves to pretty high standards. Um, and so I knew that when you said I could have done better, you were looking at what you could do better. And I don't, I didn't, I mean, I hope those listening, I didn't by any means that was an indictment on the organization, but I appreciate you. No, being you willing. didn't say that. Yeah. But, yeah. but I appreciate you being willing to share that. Cause I, I think that once again, the, most of us aren't leading hundreds of people. Right. So when you say lean in and check in, like, yeah, I have a large team of people. Right. And so that's what I wanted to ask, because I think for many of us, as we go through our career and, and grow through our leadership, we will have more responsibility, more people under our under our care. Yeah. And when you say lean in, I wanted to hear what that meant. And I think that's really helpful um, to have, to have yeah. a context. What do you mean by that? You know, Kevin, we weren't we were able to be together, but we weren't as together as much as we would have typically been. So I had I printed out an organization chart that had a picture of everybody that was on the team. Mm. And I just kept it on a board, you know, and as a way to kind of just don't forget. Let's keep this is personal, right? Yes. Let's remember these people. Yeah. And um you know, as we, we were, we did hiring in the midst of it, and you know, made sure that I spent time with everybody before they came on the team, and, and um, kind of an interview, and then did a little bit of a check-in about sixty days afterwards. And I think they wondered why is he wanting to talk, but it, it was very informal. Just say, hey, I'm just checking in. I want to see if it's going like you hoped it was going to go. And what's the good, the bad, and the ugly of your first sixty days? That's good. That's really powerful. I love the idea of putting everybody's faces up because I'll be, I'll tell people right now as a person who's been remote for, I would say pre definitely pre 2020. Um, the problem with zoom meetings or any virtual meeting is that it's overly efficient at times. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, you know, you, you're, it's a weird place to hang out once you get past three or four people, because I don't want to talk over anybody. I don't want my keyboard to be a distraction. I'm going to mute myself. Right. So that, so like all the natural, Whenever we walk into a big boardroom, you, every person's talking to the, to the person to their right and their left. So it's like there's like seven or eight side conversations to kind of warm up the room. That's not happening, right? 
And, you know, when someone, it's like, let's get to work. Let's be punctual. Let's end on time. You don't want to stare at your screen longer than you need to. Let's go. And then it becomes so so tactical and precise, you lose the, the emotion and the connection. I totally see that. Well, David, I have three more questions for you, and I'll try to go a little more rapid fire to respect your time. First one, you have 30 plus years, one organization, decades in leadership position, decades leading a family with a demanding career. What are some of the biggest lessons you learned this year? And for the sake of everybody listening, would you mind differentiating between what was maybe a new aha versus something that was maybe a reminder of something you've learned in the past? Ooh, okay. Uh, that's a big question. I don't know that anything was it's completely new, but it maybe hit me in a new way. I love that. Let's go for it. Okay. Um, I guess that's when you've been around as long as I have, you've at least heard somebody <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> you, you may have been too stubborn to embrace it, but um, I would say, I'm going to think, I got two things that I would say, Kevin. One is try to trying to get ahead. And I, I've got to give props. I have an executive assistant, Tania Fouts, who's phenomenal about trying to help me get ahead. So almost living ahead. Uh, at work, that means she's putting time on my calendar to make sure I'm prepping for something that's going to happen in the coming weeks so I don't get caught scrambling at the last minute. What I find is get better output, uh, better, you know, higher quality, minimize the stress. Um, I find that I'm really good if I can take a big test, think big elephant, take it down in small bites, not try to cram, get it all done at once. I actually find one of the things that's true of me, if I have too big of a job, I kind of freeze up a little mm. bit. And so I sometimes just need to say, okay, don't worry about the whole task. Just do this one thing or just do these two things and begin to create momentum. So my schedule needs to reflect time, not just for what's happening in the here and now, but I've got to get out a little bit and think out. That applies to a lot of other areas of life, too. Like, I'll just think parenting. I'm at a point now where I've got adult kids. And so one of the things Mallory and I have done is we've gone out and talked to other friends, people we know that are a little bit ahead of us, and said, tell us what it's like to parent adult kids. Like, how much do you help? How much do you back off and let them ride the struggle bus all by themselves? Mm -hmm. You know, we've, we read a book together on, um, I forgot exactly what the, title was but the subtitle was put the welcome mat out and keep your mouth shut you know it's just, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 different so you know great. here you are you've got a one-year-old a six-year-old you know you need to be talking you'll have to start talking pretty soon uh to those parents who have kids that are kind of coming up through elementary school and are getting ready to go to middle school because it's a whole new set of dynamics that's an that's example right. of you got to live some of your life ahead to get ready for it wow so good I, it's not all. And so you, you definitely got the here and now and you got kind of an intermediate range, but making sure that I'm, I find in my role, I can't do my job if I'm not way out in front. That's right. And I think as you, as you move up in responsibility, that becomes more true. When you're, you're early on, you're just catching everything. You're just, every, your whole life is doing what you're told, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but you're going to add value. You got to get out. That's great. I love that. Here's my other one, and that, that is the power of margin and white space. 
And here's why I say I learned this one in a whole new way, because I had a little more flexibility as a result of the pandemic. I didn't have to spend two hours commuting every day. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit of margin. And, and so I, I, I've recently heard a powerful metaphor. If you try to build a fire, like a campfire, and you just stack everything really tight, it's really hard to get that fire going. You've got to layer it, and there's got to be some room in there to get some oxygen up into that fire for it to really work. And I'm finding that's that's true for us as well. We're mm. we're definitely much better off. We're going to ignite when we've got some space. And so how do I build in space? That's a game changer. Okay. Well, this, this is a teaser for another interview I want to ask you in the future. But just, just for those who are listening, I'm sure people might say, okay, I want some space, David. I mean, before you finish, like how much space is enough space? I know that depends on the person. But I am curious for you, David, like uh, how much space is adequate space? Or, or, like, essentially, when do you almost know, looking at your calendar, yep. not, not enough space this week, it's going to be a tough one. Or like, oh, I've got plenty of space this week. Like, what is that amount of space? Like, oh, yeah, I kind of I've got a I've got the oxygen I need to be ignited. Yep. So I have to think about this in different um, realms of my life as it relates to my work week. Tania, executive assistant, she knows if there's not four hours somewhere in that week, it can be spread out. It's probably better spread out than just in a single block. It's just future prep time. Bad things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. So it can be a 30-minute block here. It can be a, you know an hour or more block somewhere else. But I got to get about four hours in there just to, at a minimum to stay ahead. Uh, that's an example. That's helpful. Yeah. And you, I, I sent you a, you know, a picture of my calendar this week. So you got to squeeze those little things in sometime. I saw prep um, time in there. I saw it. Yeah, that's right. And 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 just give me a few minutes in between a meeting to reset, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that's true when we're you know on Zoom or Teams or whatever, you it's almost like you can time travel. You can go from one meeting to the next. Uh, that wasn't true when we were in person. You had a little bit of time to like physically go from one place to another. That's you right. can reset. You could reset, but. You can go from one meeting to the next in less than a minute. And that's not necessarily healthy. Amen to that. Yeah. I, I would say at home in my personal life or away from work, I should say, um, I do a lot of that in the morning. And I have just learned it's the only time of day that people don't feel like they have the freedom to mess with you at 6 a.m., you know? Mm-hmm. And so I've just figured out whatever it is you really, really, really want to do, just if you can set your life up to get up early and tackle it. And so, you know, I've been getting up earlier and earlier, even when I didn't have to, to drive in and just, I almost love it now, crave it, you know, get me up at five or five thirty, And I honestly, I've, you know, you've been through this. I've scripted the whole thing out, what that morning ritual looks like. I need at least two and a half hours. Now I can, that's, that's working out. That's doing stuff, you know, uh, spiritual disciplines. That's kind of, uh, planning and kind of reviewing progress on things. That's checking messages and a little bit of news checking. But I do that and I feel like I'm okay. I am ready for the day. If, yeah. if I don't do like every, like just recently I had a 7 a.m. flight. I'm like, oh my gosh. I, <laughs> <laughs> I got to get up in the middle of the night anyway. <laughs> I'm not going to go through the whole, you know, full morning ritual. I still feel as good. Mm-mm. I don't feel I don't feel as ready. I feel like I missed something. So I realized how much I missed that. 
And you may think, ain't no way I'm getting up early. I value nothing more than sleep. That can that can change. Well, Just that's go to bed actually, that, well, That's one thing I learned about myself over the, over the holiday break. I took a really powerful assessment. I'm not going to talk too much about it right now. I'll save for another episode. But it really was like, Kevin, you need thinking time. You're not yeah. the same. And um, it's true. I found myself before. So I extended my I extended my morning time to three hours now. Yeah. And you're like, you have a small kid. I'm tired at night. Yeah. I'm crashing at nine. I am. I am absolutely exhausted. But I am a better parent. I'm a better husband. I'm a better friend, a better leader. If when I just suck it up and get up because I need the time before everyone's demands on me. I need some time to refuel emotionally and mentally and spiritually and physically. And unfortunately, in this season, if that means I have to get a little less sleep to be emotionally stable, I've had to suck it up. Um, and it's been awesome. The The thing is, when I wasn't doing it, this is what I learned in hindsight. It's like, well, where was I getting the time before? It's like, oh, that's why I was on my phone. Mm-hmm. That's why I was. That's why when it was time to get dinner ready for the kids, I'm like trying to sneak a YouTube video in on some personal development topic I want to watch because I didn't get it done earlier. Like I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to siphon off time where I can, you know. And it's like I don't want to do that to my family, and it's been a game changer. And yeah, I am more tired at nine. You will. I'm not the same Kevin that I used to be at nine. I'm I'm wiped, but yep. it is is awesome. Um, okay, well, let me ask you my last two questions. And that is this. You have a lot of emerging leaders on your team. Yeah. And you have led a lot of emerging leaders who are now, I think we can both say, very experienced leaders on your team. What's one lesson you consistently saw your emerging leaders learning over the past year that you would be willing to pass along to everyone listening today? Yeah, I, I tell you what, I'll say this first of all. If, if you lead a team, as the quality of your leadership team goes, so goes the quality of your life, right? Wow. That, it, it, same thing's true for one of our restaurants. If you're a Chick-fil-A operator and you've got a phenomenal leadership team, life is awesome. If you're trying to you know, insert yourself into too much and you don't have a team you can lean on, it's really, really hard. So I am blessed. I have had a unbelievably talented team, but we had a big transition this year as of November. And, and one of my superstar leaders, it was time for her to go and do something else. Not because necessarily, I mean, we, I would love to have her and she'd love to stay, but she just needed that next, the organization wanted her to have another development opportunity in a different part of the business. So what we learned is if you're going to do that, if you're, you, cause you got to let your leaders go, you have to keep giving responsibility away. And so I have to do that. I have to trust them. I don't get into their stuff any more than I have to. And they have to do it well. But what's tough is one of the reasons they're in that position they are is they're so good at what they were doing. That's right. And they have plenty of confidence in their capability to get it done. And you have to just let go and not try to control it as much. Um, like we'll have big presentations and it's really easy for me to jump up and, you know, take the mic and lead the way. I got to lay back, let them do it, let them have some space to grow and lead. And so my leaders are having to do the same thing. Mm. Their teams are all growing. So they've got to give up some of the responsibilities they're so good at 
and let some other people come along and learn how to do it too. Wow. That's the number one thing I see. That's great. That's powerful uh, for all of us to hear. Okay. So last question. I know you are the king of upgrades. All right. If there's any, if there's any leader I know that is definitely making upgrades to how they do things, you know, at least, I mean, almost every quarter, but I definitely know every year it's you. So what are some of the major changes or upgrades you're making to your systems or your, or your approach to improve your performance and cultivate your potential in 2022? All right. So this goes back. I'm going to circle back to where we kind of started with theme for 2022 leverage. Okay. Perfect. So here's some system upgrades. One, more expertise. Where can I tap into expertise? So what's this look like? So in my physical realm, trainers and coaches that I can, like, I I would just say, I've got a team. They just don't know they're on my team, right? (laughs) (laughs) So I've got a virtual team that are helping me with that. System upgrade coaching. I referenced Daniel Harkavy as an example. You know, he's going to force me to think at a different level and ask me to do exercises that translate into a big upgrade. I would say technology. I'm leaning into technologies. One simple example, I finally gave in and my wife had an Apple watch and I saw that she was able to do so much with it that I wasn't able to do. I just said, I'm getting one. But that's a simple example. Do you have all the right tools that you need? Think about when you're working from home. Do you have the right environment, the right setup to to take full advantage of that? Because it's not just a casual thing now. It's a big part of life. Executive assistants, I have one at work, and then I use um, a virtual executive assistant as well. And they're they're part of my system upgrade. You know, they can kind of get me to another level. It's that type of – that's the way I kind of think about it, Kev. That's great. So who's who's new to the team? So so as far as when you let me first of all, that was incredible framework. What element or of, of that you mentioned is particularly new for 2022? Just want to make sure I'm clear on that. Yeah. Okay. So I would say I've got a new trainer mm. uh, that I work with physically. I had to go through shoulder surgery, mm-hmm. and as I as I graduated from rehab, uh, found out about some folks who are just phenomenal functional fitness trainers. And so I was just there this morning awesome. using some new Proteon machine. I've never even seen this thing before. It's like a robot machine. But that's an example of finding someone that, that can kind of get me to a, a new level. Signed up for a class that's almost like seminary light. Mallory and I did this together, a deep Bible study program. And so in a sense, have a new spiritual guide that's kind of that's walking cool. us through the Bible. And then out of that, I learned... Uh, shout out. I, I've never met this lady, but, uh, I learned about something called the Bible recap, which is kind of like a short, um, commentary, 10 minutes or less every day. This lady, Tara Lee Cobble, who I don't know, but I hear her voice every day. Cause I listen to her podcast every morning. Unbelievable. I feel like she's my, a new, uh, she doesn't know it, but she's like on my team now. She's like a spiritual guide for me. That's awesome. Even I've, even my kids, like I've got one who um, is a strategist with a cryptocurrency exchange. So he's my technical advisor because I said, I'm going to learn about Web 3.0. I'm going to learn about this, you know, DeFi. I'm going to learn about the metaverse. And so he's kind of out there. So he's he's my technical subject matter expert on some of that. Always looking for him. I mentioned we got friends that we're meeting with to help us understand how they parent their adult children. That's so good. First of all, Thank you for running through that list, right? I think that's a really, really powerful. I think 
this is what I want everybody to hear, right? First of all, David already did this privately, right? I just asked him and Shane and Jeff if they'd be willing to do this publicly uh, as well so we could all get a bit of it. And as you can tell, it's not, it's not about, first of all, it's not about perfection, right? It's just the leaders you most respect and admire, they're still doing what you're trying to do right now 20, 30 years later. They're, it's the intentionality to try to stay ahead. And I love that. I mean, I think Jeff said this, right? Having, keeping one foot, you know, in the land of possibility, right? Mm, and that, and yeah. that, and you know, and that really, I mean, that's a, that duality of present and possibility. It's, it's an interesting road. It's an interesting, you know, fence to straddle, but this is how you do it. And I just want to say, David, thank you uh, for coming on the podcast and allowing us to hear your journey of processing 2021 and 2020 but also setting yourself up for leverage in 2022 yep amen great to be with you kevin all right talk to you soon thanks david for hanging out with us and sharing what you've been learning and what you're doing to get better this year as i hope you already know i'm learning alongside you and this episode is no different. Here are a few concepts and ideas that really resonated with me as David was speaking. Uh, the first one was the difference between being and doing. Now, I've heard this before. I actually heard this in Daniel Harkavy and Michael Hyatt's book, Living Forward. That's the book I used to provide the framework for my life plan. But hearing David reminded me that we should focus our doing on facilitating who we want to become, not what we want to accomplish. Um, from there, David's quote from Shane also stood out to me, right? This idea of work the process every day and the process will reward you. You know, it reminds me of the best-selling book, The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy, which is all about the power of consistency. However, the nuanced difference I see here today is just the power of a well-designed process. A great process executed consistently should produce great results. Now, my next takeaway is how we as leaders must empower our people to prioritize themselves. Like I could imagine that David's team during the early stages of the pandemic likely felt required to put the company first to avoid layoffs or major hits to revenue, right? For their team, it was the first time that everyone was going to work remote, most remote employees, by the research, feel more pressure to work harder at home than they do in the office to prove themselves, to be always available because they're trying to overcompensate. So then David, right, he comes along and he proactively gives his team permission to prioritize themselves. Now, we know based on some personality types that that will come easier to some than it will to others. But how much more emotionally safe do you believe the team felt after hearing the leader say that? And did you hear David call himself out and how he is now asking himself about what rhythms 
routines and practices he needs to create to better care for his team. You know, I just love that so much. It was a really great thing for me to hear someone else call out. And it made me think about where I can do the same. I also got a lot from David sharing how he works to lead out ahead of the company and the organization's needs. Um, He talked about how he's doing things like scheduling and protecting margin and white space so he has time to think, prep, and work ahead. And how he's creating systems for success with the help of experts and coaches and EAs at home and at work and, and technology, all in an attempt to create an environment that gives him what he needs. To me, the biggest aha is the conversation as a whole. How David, as a seasoned leader, is helping us discover how we can both be without constantly striving and doing, while also leading and working toward the future. You noticed how we started this conversation with him talking about the power of being and not always pursuing or striving. But yet, he's balancing that with also living out ahead. I have a feeling this is more art than science, but I'm eager to learn how to do it in my own life. As go-getters, we often have a future what's next orientation, and that can rob us of today. However, getting out ahead of things intentionally often reduces the stress and overwhelm of tomorrow. And I'm thankful that we all have access to leaders like David who are willing to share how they're navigating this stuff. Well, if you want a summary of today's episode, visit executiveminds.co forward slash 208. That's executiveminds.co forward slash 208. And with that, I want to thank you for joining us for another episode of Executive Minds, where we help go-getters like you become difference makers with the guidance you need to convert your potential into high performance so you can grow your career. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. Subscribing automatically delivers episodes to you every week. We have a mantra around here, grow on the go, and we want to help you do that. Um, You can find Executive Minds on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Also, help us spread the word and support more ambitious professionals and leaders like you by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Then join us for our next episode. We'll be revisiting a conversation Jeff Henderson had with Dr. Tim Irwin about how to authentically leverage affirmation to improve performance. As we are in our series of hearing the mentor team's annual reviews, we want to dig deeper into the power of doing something a lot of us struggle with. And that's acknowledging what's going well. Don't miss it. And until next time, remember, organizations are just groups of people with a shared purpose. That means your organization grows when you grow. So today, grow where you are and grow what you're given 
without anyone's permission because growth is a choice. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Executive Minds, the podcast helping you convert your potential into high performance so you can grow your career. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. Then join us for the next episode. For show notes and more resources, visit executiveminds.co. That's executiveminds.co. The Art of Leadership Network.